In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to start today by showing you a photo, a picture. It's a, a photo of me and my wife. We took this about a year ago now. You can ooh and ah. I know we're a very cute couple. It's okay. We won't get a big head. We already have one. This is from Acadia National Park out in Maine during our, our trip there last week. This is a, po- a photo, a picture that I, I took and then I shared. I put it on Instagram and, and Facebook uh, for two reasons, I, I suppose. One, so that I could remember it and, and the good time that we had together, and two, uh, so that others could see and, and experience what, what we saw and experienced. Uh, there were a lot of other memories I, I could have uh, snapped and, and then shared to the internet. Uh, there were also some, some moments that I would rather not have shared. Like just a few minutes actually before this picture was taken, one of those moments. You, you see, my wife and I, we had we'd been trying to cram everything in. We wanted to see everything that Acadia National Park had to offer. We were hiking and we were biking and, and we were driving from site to, to site and, and we, had, we had tried to cram it all in and like a, a little kid, at, at the end of the day, I started to get crabby and, and cranky and I was ready for a nap and... And so we actually pulled over. We had seen something. We pulled over to a parking lot, and I took the nap of all naps. You know, the kind of nap where you don't even remember the, the 20 minutes prior. You don't know where you were or what you were doing. The kind of nap where you wake up with the lines on your cheek from the pillow, or in my case, because we were driving the line from the seat belts that was imprinted on my face with, with the puddle of drool underneath my chin. That was the kind of nap I had. And, and that was the, the moment that I did not put on the internet, interestingly enough, right? That was a moment that I wanted to hide. I, I wanted to put it in the social media language of our day to crop, edit, reframe out of my life. Um, the, the truth is, I, I don't know that I'm alone in, in this. I, I think we all have moments of our lives that we hide, suppress, crop, reframe, edit out. I, I mean, think about any family photo Christmas card you've either sent or received, right? Uh, when you get that card or when you send the card, it, it's always a smiling family, maybe wearing the same outfit and everyone looks happy. You never share the, the moment, just moments prior to that where the kids are screaming and they're half-dressed and they're throwing their toys and you're yelling at them to act like the happy family you are, right? You, you don't share that photo. You crop that. You edit it out. You, you hide it. Uh, think about what most of us do when we know that there's company coming over. We, we take our mess that we would be embarrassed for anyone to see and we shove it in the closet or put it downstairs. We brush it underneath the rug. We, we hide. We crop. We edit. We reframe our lives. We do this all the time, and maybe my question for, for, for you today, for myself is today, and, and we don't need to answer this out loud right now, but maybe my question is, what are you hiding? Uh, what is there in your life that you have edited, cropped, reframed out of the picture? For some of us, it, it might be some, some past memory, maybe a failure of ours, uh, a failure that we would be embarrassed for anyone to find out about. For, for others of us who are maybe a little bit more open, maybe for those of you who have a close group of friends or, or maybe a, a small group that you're a part of that you share p- things with, uh, uh, maybe for you it's, it's a temptation. You, you've shared a lot. You're not afraid for people to know your faults and your failures, but, uh, but maybe it's a temptation that has come your way. And, and, and you think if anyone knew about what you struggle with, what you give into, you would be mortified about that. What is it that you're hiding, cropping, reframing, editing? Uh, for, for some of us, sadly, I, I think 
what sometimes gets, gets hidden is, is even God. It's, it's our faith. Uh, we, we go to church and, and we believe in God, but when people ask us how our weekends were, we, we talk about the restaurant we went to or the family party we attended, but we, we conveniently forget to mention the worship we enjoyed. Or, or for many of us, this, this word evangelism is a scary word, isn't it? The thought of sharing our faith in Jesus because of what other people will think about us or the judgments they'll make upon us, that's a scary thing. We, we hide that part of us. We, we don't bring it out. Now, you might think this is a, a 21st century problem, but it's, it's actually not. It's been happening since the very beginning. Have you heard of, of two people called Adam and Eve before? You heard those names? I thought so. Uh, they, they actually did this too. If you remember how the story of Adam and Eve went, there they were in the garden, right? Created by God in this land of paradise where they had everything they could ever imagine. They were living together in unity with each other and with the creator of the universe. They were blessed beyond measure. And, and yet one day they, they threw all of that away, all of that goodness away for, for a bite from a piece of fruit. They believed in Satan's lie. They stopped trusting in God's goodness. And then after they did that, you remember how it goes, right? They were filled with, with guilt and shame. They realized what they did, and then they hid. They jumped behind some bushes. They threw some fig leaves over themselves to hide their nakedness, to cover who they were. They were doing what we do, hiding, suppressing, reframing, cropping, editing out a, a part of their life that they wanted to forget. Uh, when we do this, uh, like Adam and Eve do, it, it actually creates a couple of problems for us, uh, two problems in particular. It, it creates for us burdens and blind spots. When we hide things, we end up carrying a burden because we're not sharing it with others, because we don't let others into our lives, because we're not giving our problems and our temptations and our sins to God. We end up carrying the weight of that guilt and shame on our shoulders, a weight that we were never meant to lift on our own, a weight that we're not able to lift on our own. We, we carry this burden of sin upon us. But we also create blind spots for ourselves because we've been hiding things, sometimes from ourselves for so long. We become oblivious to the problems that are there. We have bad things in our life that we end up calling good. We're left with burdens and blind spots. Um, when I was a senior in, in college, I was reminded of this. Uh, it was my senior year at Concordia University. And I was just, I, I think if I remember it right, weeks away from graduation. And uh, I, I went down to check my mailbox, which uh, was not all that common. I didn't receive much mail. But there was a letter for me that day, a, a hand-addressed, handwritten letter. Uh, it said it was to me, but as I opened up the letter, it was very curious because it didn't say who it was from. There was no signature on the bottom. And so I read this handwritten letter with great curiosity. And as I read it, uh, I, I was filled with some very strong emotions. Uh, first, there was a sense of, of embarrassment. I followed that with a, a sense of guilt and, and shame. Uh, uh, following that with a sense of, of anger that filled me. You see, as I, I read this letter addressed to me, but, but I didn't know who it was from, this person, whoever they were, were they obviously knew me personally intimately, deeply. They knew things about myself that I had been trying to hide and they were laying it all out there. They were, they were challenging me to change and, and as I read uh, about these things, they knew about me, some of my struggles and temptations. I was filled with that, that sense of embarrassment, guilt, shame, anger. How did they know this? Why would they be saying this? It turns out the story has a funny ending because uh, the author of the, the letter 
was me. <laughs> uh, I had written the letter to myself four years earlier. It was part of a freshman orientation exercise we had to do where we had to write a letter to ourselves talking about the, the things we would like to see change over the next four years, the, the, the parts of our lives that we would like to work on. We had to write this letter, freshman year, seal it up, and then Concordia would send it back to us at the end of those four years. I had completely forgotten about that, though, but as I read the letter, it was like someone was holding up a mirror to me, pointing out all of those things that I had been hiding from for so long. It was a reminder of the burdens that I was carrying, and it was shining light upon the blind spots in my life. Uh, that's no way to live, is it? Uh, a life of, of fear and guilt and shame, a life with these burdens and, and blind spots, hiding. It's no way to live. And, and yet, praise be to God, we were reminded today that, that we don't have to live that way. Uh, this is what our reading said for us. Uh, let me read these words for you again. You heard them earlier. They came at the end of our reading, but I'd like to share them with you one more time. This is what God says, what he writes through the Apostle Paul. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. See, that this verse reminds me of two things. First, God sees us completely. I think about Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God knew where they were. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't hide from him. He saw them there when they had jumped behind the bush. They could, he could see right through these, these clothes that they had fashioned. There was no hiding from him, right? God saw them completely. He sees you completely. God sees all of you. He sees all of your sin. And yet what these ver verses remind us of is, is that he says to you that you are righteous, now, let me say that again. God sees you. He sees all of you. Your God sees all of your sin. There is no hiding. And yet he says that you are righteous. That is, you are perfect, you are holy, you are cleansed, and you are loved. And, and that might be hard for us to wrap our minds around, right? How could a perfect, righteous God look at me in all of my mess? How could he peer in, into the darkest corners of my life, life and, and see all of my sin? How could God see me, all of me, and, and yet say to me that I am righteous? That doesn't make sense. But what, what these verses remind us of is that our righteousness Righteousness, our perfection, our holiness, our, our cleanliness is, is not based upon us, me or you. It's, it's not founded upon our good works or our ability to, to keep God happy. No, what these verses remind us of is that our righteousness flows from, is, is founded upon Jesus. That's what verse 16 says. Paul writes, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel and what is the gospel? The gospel is the person and the work of Jesus. It is who Jesus is, Lord and Savior, and what he came to do, living the perfect life, dying a sacrificial death, rising from the grave. Paul is not ashamed of the gospel, the person and the work of Jesus, because, because the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You are saved from your unrighteousness because of Jesus. He goes on, on to write in verse 17, for in the gospel, for in the person and the work of Jesus, the righteousness of God is revealed. We find our righteousness 
In Christ, we find our perfection, our holiness, our cleanliness, not in ourselves, but in Christ. We are seen completely. God sees you, all of you. He sees all of your sin, and yet he says to you, you are righteous. That is, is I think, the very definition of true intimacy. True int- intimacy is being known completely and yet loved and accepted fully. <laughs> Something we all long for, right? To have someone know us, understand us on the deepest level, someone from whom there are no secrets, and, and yet to be loved and accepted by them. That's what we get from God. I, I think we also get glimpses of it here on earth. I, I pray that you have. Uh, I, I can remember getting a glimpse of it a number of years ago. Um, I, I was 16, and I had just gotten my driver's license. And uh, as many new drivers do when they're 16, uh, I wasn't the best driver or the most observant (laughs) driver. Uh, And so there was one morning, it was a very early morning, I was on my way to cross-country practice, I was excited to be driving, it was a summer day, and I had the windows open and the music blaring, and I was excited to go, and so I got into the car, my brother was with me, my younger brother, and, and I remember hitting the gas to reverse down the driveway. Except I hit it a little bit too hard, and, and so much so that I, I, I hit a car that was parked behind us, a truck that was parked out in the street. And I had this moment, right, of, of guilt and embarrassment and shame. I, I thought about trying to hide what I had did. Like, maybe if I just drove away, no one would notice. The dent wasn't that big. And if they did notice, how would they know it was, was me? Anyway, I, I thought of all, all the ways that I could hide this from, from my parents, because I knew that they wouldn't be happy. But uh, but my brother was in the car, <laughs> and like any good brother, he was not going to let me get away with this, right? And so I, I put it back into drive, I went back up the driveway, I walked in the house, and my dad was awake, and I remember telling him what had happened, kind of bracing for the anger. Uh, but, but instead, my dad walked with me down the driveway, he took a look at the, the car that I had hit, he, he knocked on some doors with me so we could find whose car it was, he he apologized for me for what I had done to the owner of that car once we found them. He, he offered to pay for the damage that had been done. And I'm thinking, Dad, I, I can't afford this. My, my summer job won't allow it. But, but he said he would pay. Um, he forgave me for what I had done. He said we all make mistakes. And uh, this was one, just one, <laughs> that he would cover. Um, but it was amazing to me that, that I didn't have to hide this from him, right? That I, I could be open and honest. I could confess and admit what I had done to my dad, and yet he loved me. He forgave me. And that's what we get with our Heavenly Father. We can bring anything to him. We can admit and, and we can confess. We don't have to live in fear. We can bring all of our sin, all of the darkness of our life to him, knowing that he, he loves us and forgives us, that, that we are righteous and pure, holy, clean, perfect in his sight, not because of what we've done, but because of what his son Jesus has done. This righteousness that is ours by faith, it changes everything. Uh, I think that there are three Three changes that come about because of the righteousness we find in Christ that I'd like to close with. The, the first change that comes to us is, is that, that we can live lives where we don't have to hide, where we can admit and confess. We can come to one another, can't we, as the body of Christ when we've wronged each other, when we've hurt each other, 
whether it's in our words or in our actions, we can go to one another as the body of Christ and say, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry, I really messed up, I shouldn't have done that and, and I want to be better. We can, we can come to one another in openness and honesty. We can do the same with God. We go to him in our time of confession. We say, Lord, I've really messed up this week. I'm not going to deny it anymore. I'm not going to brush it under the rug. I, I lay this at your feet. We can live not lives now and in light of the righteousness which is ours in the gospel, we can live lives of of confession, openness, and honesty. Uh, the second change that comes is, is that as God's people, we are people of forgiveness. We know that we're all in this together. We know that we all have things we want to hide. And, and we also know that we each have, have been forgiven, abundantly forgiven, and that we have this righteousness that, that does not originate from ourselves. And, and so we go out as God's people forgiving one another. When, when others come to us confessing their sin, we respond right away, I forgive you. <laughs> Uh, just as God has forgiven us. Uh, the last change that, that comes about for us is, is that like Paul, we are not ashamed of the gospel. We might be, feel embarrassed about our faith from time to time. We, we might know that, that because of our faith we will be called backwards or, or traditional or, or old-fashioned um, or that like we've got our heads stuck in the mud. We, we know that sometimes our faith will, will get us funny looks it might cause us to lose friends. But like Paul, we know that we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is this gospel, it is the message of Jesus, who he is and what he's done, that is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. We want the world to know that they don't need to hide anymore, but that they are righteous in God's sight. In Jesus' name, amen.